Shalom, Jim. Shalom, Rabbi. Shalom to everybody watching and listening. And I'm so grateful that you've been here with me in Jerusalem for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I understand that you're going to be leaving us this week. But fortunately, we got to do um, a couple of broadcasts. This is a, really our second um, since the war began. Such a tumultuous and important time for the Jewish people and really for all humanity. So it was a blessing to have you here with us. Well, to show you, or at least our audience at home, uh, you know, we even, something that I wouldn't ordinarily do is I wouldn't ordinarily have my phone here uh, in the recording session with us. But we, ha we have thankfully some wonderful apps that uh, let us know when it's, of course, we're in the right place. <laughs> the truth is, in, in, here in our home in Jerusalem, this room, our studio, is the safest room anyway. So um, in case there's a missile attack, um, uh, we don't have uh, far to go anyway. Right. We're just, but, uh, yeah. So what's going on, Jim? It's like, um, again, uh, um, we have entered into an era that is unprecedented, really, in the history of um, the Jewish people. In the history of mankind, again, I say, because one of the points that I really want to bring out for everyone is that this is not something that is limited to Israel. It's definitely a tremendous trial for Israel, but the um, repercussions and the implications are uh, are so stark for, for the whole world. Yeah. The, you know, the fact that this brutality and tremendous uh, savagery and butchery was unleashed on Israel and the world chose to react either this way or that way is unquestionably part of the ultimate testing prophetically and biblically mm -hmm. of all of the nations and furthermore not just testing but clarification and and what we really know is unmasking yeah you've heard you've heard of the of the of the unboxing on youtube right this is the unmasking of the nations because people are um taking a stand and a lot of people with uh, with a lot of courage and bravery are taking a stand for israel why why does it take courage and bravery to take a stand for israel when we were horribly and brutally attacked with 1300 people were murdered in one day it takes a lot of courage and 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 uh, bravery because there there has erupted this unbelievable fireball of Jew hatred mm -hmm. all over the world, and it's and it's uh, on college campuses. Uh, Jewish children in in cities across the world uh, are um, afraid to go to school. Um, there are there are synagogues uh, uh, being firebombed. Uh, it's it's absolutely outrageous, and of course there are world leaders that uh, are not condemning the massacre, and there are members of uh, the Senate that are also yeah. not uh, college campuses, right? So you know the thing is that you and I are both old enough to remember. I have at home. I have as a collector's item. I have I have the issue. You know, we had Life magazine and we had Look magazine, right. and Look magazine was like the the uh, sort of cousin. And for those of you who are too young, it was a, a weekly periodical, large format, lots of photographs. I mean, we read it constantly. It was on everybody's coffee table. I have this issue of Life magazine, and also an issue of Time magazine from the week of the '67 war, and. The magazines cheered Israel defending itself in the 19, when they were attacked by, what, five nations, I think? And because they understood, there, there was no 
There was no murkiness about right. what was right and what was wrong. They knew they were defend. Everybody in the world said, right. you know, you had a right to defend yourselves. But today, you know. And that's the thing is that it's more clear today than ever before yeah. that, that these are not just uh, empty expressions or these are not just slogans. We are in a, in a fight between absolute good and absolute evil. And yet um, the response of the world is in some places tepid, in some places absolutely aligning themselves with um, the, the atrocities that were committed against Jewish families, children, babies, it's just un, unspeakable. So, that, so thus I say that it is a major upheaval in this world and therefore a major spiritual up, upheaval in heaven as well. And that's what we would, we're going to try to understand, you and I, a little bit, I guess, the spiritual perspective of what's going on as well. But the, the fact is that uh, this is a, a time of tremendous uh, reckoning for the whole world. And um, I, ho I hope all those people who align themselves with the God of Israel and stand in solidarity with Israel um, are able to see see a little bit what's going on because it's it's in some ways uh, not in some ways it is i can make the statement for you and i we're not uh, exactly the same age but both of us can say that this is the darkest time in our lifetime absolutely Amen. it is it is um clearly like a continuation of the Holocaust, mm -hmm. because but in some ways it, it's really worse. And some people, you know, bristle and they can't understand how could you say such a thing. Well, it's it's very simple. The Nazis hid what they were doing. They had a they had a tremendous apparatus to try and conceal everything that they were doing. They were trying to get away with it without people knowing. Whereas here we have a new phenomenon that that these Hamas terrorists were. Um, butchering uh, families and live streaming it on the on the social media of the victims on their own phones yeah and um that takes a that takes a level of of savagery and and, and as much as the nazis hated the jews and they mm -hmm. wanted to, to kill them all and they established a very elaborate mechanism for doing that and they tortured plenty of Jews along the way and they enjoyed it it's still the main thing was uh, precision German precision to systematically kill all of these Jews mm -hmm. as quickly as possible that's not what this was about and this is just simply about uh, um, this boiling bloodlust uh, of this these these unspeakable atrocities and uh it's hor It's horror. It's horror. Yeah. It shows us where we've come in this on this planet today as we speak. The reason the Nazis hid it is because they knew that if if the rest of the world knew what was going on, everything would be directed at Nazi Germany and completely. I mean, it would have enraged all of the all of the world collectively. But today. The Palestinians, they and Hamas can do this, and they can cheer about it because they know they know that there is a section of this planet. A section. Look will, at the world. You know, know there, I'm being there, kind, of there, course. Yes, there are, you're, you're a kind man. There, there are pockets of uh, people standing up for Israel, but the the world is basically uh, engulfed right now in every major city with with these huge. Uh, demonstrations and rallies against against Israel, with people saying very little about what brought all this on, and and so we're moving into 
the tired old claptrap of these watchwords and these um, canards about a disproportionate response and about and all the moral equivalency stuff about collective punishment and all of and all of these things but, measured right but yeah. what what I need to present to our listeners is a little bit of the facts about the complicity of yeah I'll just put it right out there the complicity of the civilians of Gaza mm-hmm. if there is such a thing and everything that's going on here you know you know that now it's understood here that there were operatives amongst the Israeli Bedouin and also amongst Gazan, Gazan citizenry that worked and, and uh, maintained uh, uh, friendly contacts with many of the people in the communities. You have to understand that many of the communities that were attacked on the border with Gaza, um, the, the people there were very liberal and they were peace activists mm-hmm. and they were very close to some of their neighbors. Well, those neighbors provided the Hamas terrorists with detailed information about the population, about who, what to expect, about every house, Jim, about how many children and where the bedrooms were and who had a dog. Yeah. And, and, and so uh, it's just this unspeakable uh, web of complicity. And not only that, but do you know that the video cameras revealed that after and during the, the uh, murder and the, and the rape and the burning alive of children and babies and women that was going on in these Jewish communities last October 7th, do you know that citizens from Gaza poured in and looted the houses? Yeah, well, why, why so, and it reminds me of the Poles and yeah. the Ukrainians and, yeah. all of the, and all of those that worked together with mm-hmm. the Nazis mm-hmm. in, in Europe. The, the story that I read yesterday, and I mean, the stories just keep coming out, and, and it, was a, um, it was the family on, on uh, I can't remember which kibbutz it was on, but they, they had come in, they shot one of the parents, wounded them, and while the parent was, was bleeding, they took the younger son and they took him out and they forced him to go door to door, the child. And they forced him at gunpoint to either go into the safe room or wherever the people were hiding and to knock on the door and ask for help. And when the people came to the door, when they heard this child, they were, they were shot down in cold blood. This is, this, you, this is right out of the Torah. This is uh, this is uh, uh, the, the the stories we hear about about Amalek using right, using right, this kind right. of subterfuge, yeah, and subterfuge this type of, uh, to manipulate the compassion of the yeah. Jews and this kind of thing. Look, um, all we can do is try our best to um, to understand, you know, to strengthen ourselves, to strengthen our faith. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, it's such a dark time. A lot of people are having. A very big crisis in in faith, which is perfectly reasonable and understandable to see this kind of thing. Um, and what we try to do is we try to have the simplicity and the humility to understand that we don't understand mm-hmm. Hashem's plans, but but we learn that they are beyond us, and that He does not break His promises. And um, the, this is the way that I look at it. And I'll just put this out, out here already at this point. Because um, again, it's it's so harsh and it's so and it's so unspeakable to you know. I, I mentioned a hundred, uh, thirteen hundred people so far, are accounted for as having been murdered, and that number, as you know, over the past few days and over the past week, it, it changes. It, it sh- the reason that the number changes. So, so now I think we're at about thirteen hundred dead. Um, I know that the IDF has successfully. 
uh, notified 199 families of uh, their loved ones being in captivity, having been kidnapped, and are being held now in, in, uh, as hostages in Gaza. And then, and then Hamas says that there's another 50 that are held by other, organiza- other terror organizations. And then uh, um, amongst this, of course, there are numerous for- foreign nationals that are also missing and, and dead from many, many countries. To say 1,300 Jews mm-hmm. were killed, do you know that uh, uh, proportionally, according to the, 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 the size of our population, if you would compare that to the population of America, that's like saying almost 50,000 people killed. And of course, the, because we're such a small country and because everyone is, we're one family, really, yeah. you know? Everybody is affected. There isn't a single house in Israel that is not affected, that doesn't know someone, either it was someone in the first-tier relationship or a friend or a student or a fellow soldier or a neighbor. There's, there, it, it's like some sort of a uh, nightmare um you know, movie wherein we we just have to go from funeral to funeral to funeral, from shiva call to you know, you know, condolence visit to condolence visit. It's you know, there's never been anything like it. And the reason that the number keeps changing is because the bodies are just some of them are destroyed, mutilated beyond recognition, and so all they are able to do is DNA tests, which takes much longer and. Yeah. They're just stacked up, and some of them, I, I understand, are, and the rabbis and the doctors and the pathologists are working around the clock to try and identify these bodies, and some of them possibly could never be identified because of the state that they're in, because of the savagery, because of the unspeakable butchery of what was done. The, the executions, the babies decapitated and burnt, it's just... Unbelievable. You know, there were 260 young people that were slain at an outdoor music festival. They're just executed. What's yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, just. it's just, this, this, is, this is so unspeakable. And so that's why it's just such a mystery to me how you could have... It's one thing the Arab countries that want the Jews to die. Okay. But in America and in other countries, you have young people, you have professors also on campuses... You have legislators who refuse to condemn it, and they look at these these horrible monsters, the, the the terrorists, as freedom fighters. It's just absolutely mind-boggling, and that's why I say that we're coming to the point where the masks are all being removed mm-hmm. because people are showing exactly who they are. Yeah, and we're going to see if we have time today. We're going to see how so much of this. There are strong parallels that run through the Torah Parsha this week. Well, let's let's, let's go there right now, Jim, yeah. because you you know we, I mentioned that the world is is different. It feels to me different than it has been, and it will, I know that it will never be the same for any of us. But we started the first Torah portion of Brishit, mm-hmm. and um, it was a beautiful uh, the beginning of a beautiful relationship right? <laughs> from Casablanca. It was a beautiful beginning and Hashem created everything from nothing and the crown of his creation was Adam and he placed him in the Garden of Eden and okay Adam made his choice and there's a lot to say about that the concept of how free will was introduced into the picture and he, he made that choice and, and now his job is to, is to uh, uh, protect and to, and to work the garden which is all of us here mm-hmm. with the ingress of the Yetzirah the evil inclination as well 
And then basically from the beginning of, of, of the, the first portion of Genesis until the end of that portion, there were 10 generations that went by. And by the end, we read that, that God actually uh, regretted, uh, of course, it's a metaphor because yeah. God, God doesn't actually change his mind or he's, he can't be surprised, but it's for us to understand, you know, he saw the wickedness of man was great upon the earth and that every product of the thoughts of his heart was but evil always. And he reconsidered, is a better translation, having made man on earth and had heartfelt sadness and I, he said, I will blot out man whom I created. And then this week, of course, in the Torah portion of Noah, we are introduced to that one righteous man. And the situation is introduced in verse 7, verse 11 of chapter 6, as now the earth had become corrupt before God, and the earth had become filled with Hamas. Hamas. And Hamas is defined sometimes as violent robbery. It's... It's a certain kind of um, depravity. The word implies not just stealing, but stealing uh, with with lust, with uh, a bloodlust, with uh, um, with a thirst for blood. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has a quality that that it, it is it is completely um, I- any kind of humanity is completely yes. missing yes. from from the people who embrace. This lifestyle, and and the, we talked about this before. That you know, calling it robbery sounds like it's kind of falling short. But yet, every one of the uh, six precepts that God required of, of humanity before the flood, those that we now call the Noahide laws, which we have one added after the flood, all of them are a kind of robbery. Type of robbery. Idolatry is robbing from Hashem's honor. Robbery is robbery. Adultery is robbing another man. Uh, of his relationship with his Murder is, robber, is robbing a soul. Of the life. The thing is that, that um, I also don't want to shortchange um, uh, the monstrous all over the world by saying that this phenomenon is limited to this group called Hamas because mm-hmm. Hashem here says that the earth was filled with Hamas and I think that those that are responding the way that they are responding and siding with all of this are also Hamas. You know, it's it's not just the political name of this uh, organization of terrorists. It's it's a certain mentality in which humanity moves so far away from the divine image that it becomes depraved and sinks into this dark abyss of um, just being being almost like a human twinner. You know, like yeah. some, like some sort of a of a uh, a twinner, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, and you know, there's only so much that we can talk about. There's only so much that we can say uh, with all of these things that are going on today, like um, the platforms like uh, Instagram and and uh, and uh, TikTok and all of these things. You know, the terrorists' videos are all over these things. Yeah. And unfortunately, some Jewish children have seen them. You can't unsee something that you see, um, and so and so. There's so much evidence uh, that we have, and that the government of Israel has, and that the Israeli press has, and that now the international press has. I want to talk about that of the atrocities. It's not something that is made up. It's not anybody's imagination. This really happened, and again, yet people are able to just think that everything is normal and continue with their with their. Uh, rhetoric about Israel mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it, it's it's like some sort of topsy-turvy world that we're mm-hmm. in 
So, you know, here at the end of Breshit, Hashem pushed the reset button and is starting all over again. So, so because of Hamas. And so, um, yeah, that shows us, because it was only 10 generations, that a mankind apparently has a very short fuse. And that very close to the surface is lurking this um, ability to just divest oneself completely of the divine image and give in to every kind of darkness. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's something that, uh, you know, we may forget. It's a very important subject, and, and that is, is the Torah is very specific about, you know, not mutilating even a body, even if it says someone has passed away, because you're desecrating... You know, we're not just talking here about mutilating bodies. We're talking about about mass rapes of women and then setting yeah. them on fire alive. You know, I can't even say these things. Yeah. I can't even say these things. You know, you know. I, I had something posted on on Facebook about because it was an article in in one of the Israeli um, um, news agencies. There was an article that said that that uh, f- forty babies were decapitated. Right. And, they, they and then took, on Facebook, yeah. I got a thing. Mm-hmm. A fact checker, independent, independent facts checker says mm-hmm. there's no evidence. Yeah, there's no evidence. Well, do you want to see the pictures? By the way, they took they had they they took the press and then, to and then the someone site. else said, "Well, how do you know it was exactly 40? Yeah, they I, took I'm gonna, the I wanna, I'm going to talk about that. I have that yeah. right here. It's 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 just again. So so I started to say there's all these films going around, and you know, on the one hand, certain people should see them so that maybe they would change their mind and understand what's going on. And on the other hand, certain people shouldn't see them because there's only so much the human mind can stand. And you know, when Lot was taken away before the destruction, he was told, "Don't look back." Right. The angel of God told him, "Don't look back." I saw that one of the great Sadiqim, one of the great sages, said. The reason for that is because at a time of, of judgment and retribution, um, it's not good to look at these things because it's right. very, very harmful to the human soul. And I have to tell you, these images are, what can I tell you? They, they, they're images from the Holocaust and worse. Yeah. They really are. And we, have, we have people who are supposedly intelligence who have, have suddenly forgotten that um, the idea of self-defense, they, they act like that... that for some reason, they ignore the the the, the, the rocketry, the anywhere from what two thousand to five thousand rockets that suddenly Shabbat morning right. come into the raining down in the skies, right. and uh, they just conveniently forget they 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 don't mention that at all. No, Jim, there are people that are that are going on and on about Israel's war against Gaza, and they're not even mentioning governments and news agencies are not even mentioning the Hamas attack. Right. As if we asked for this. But is it possible, you know, this is the thing. It's called the IDF, the Israel Defense Force. So every time the pattern has always been that we defend ourselves, that we, we fight... And then the other the other side asks for a ceasefire, and they claim victory. Mm-hmm. And then, because we are so I don't know what, we we give them time. What do they do during that time? During that time, they regroup, they right. rearm, they strengthen themselves, they rebuild, and then they attack again. And so, and, and I must say that America uh, has been largely responsible for this policy because it's been it's been American policy that Israel should not win. Decisively, that's right. Now that seems to be changing right now, because and and there's this very zealous kind of support being expressed by America. In fact, today, as we're recording, President Biden is here. There seems to be a very, very emphatic support of Israel to do what it needs to do to finish off Hamas. 
frankly, the, the whole thing is, is just a little bit odd because America in many ways got us into this situation yeah. because, because America forced Israel into the Oslo Accords. This whole thing is a product of the Oslo Accords. This whole thing is a product of the fact that we disengaged from Gush Katif back in 2005. And, and, that, that, and that's all American pressure. And so now, honestly, the presence of the American warships, again, on the one hand, obviously we're very thankful and appreciative for backup. Uh, but the question is, is this in Israel's interest or is it in America's interest, you know? Because there's just so much going on behind the scenes with Saudi Arabia and with Egypt. And so, you know, this is really something that has to be clarified. Will we have the ability now not just to be the Israel defense force, but to actually win this war for once and for all? Because there's no going back. Mm -hmm. There's no going back. And then once we do rout and destroy Hamas completely, what will be the future of Gaza? Yeah. What will be the future of Gaza? This is... Really, an, yeah. an important and you know, the, the, I, I would often, uh, you know, through the years, would read these prophetic texts in in Joel and in Ezekiel about the armies uh, of the nations coming up against Jerusalem, and and uh, the um, it, I used to wonder how that would even happen. What would what would drive the world to do that? And now we've reached the point where we have a body called the UN, which hates Israel. Absolutely, they've proven it over and so, over. So condemning yeah. of of what Israel yeah. is doing now in Gaza, and 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 uh, it's it's yeah. just it's laughable. Yeah. Absolutely, and, laughable. and make no mistake that we we know from we know from Hamas's playbook that they will sacrifice their own sons. And daughters and their children, as they did today, as which they is something did that today. we're going to be discussing. So. Yeah, so I mean, the, the point is, is that that they they their their legacy is actually the legacy of Yasser Arafat. Yes, who who went to Vietnam uh, at, at the end of the Vietnam War, and he asked the Vietnamese, he said, "How did you beat the U.S.?" And I think a lot of people know this already. It's not a, it's not a conspiracy theory. And he told he told Arafat and his companions. He said, "We uh, we changed the minds, or we 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 got the cooperation of the of the colleges and the and the professors and the media to take our side." Mm -hmm. Okay, and Arafat took that to heart, and and so he knows. And, and of course, we know that that Arafat is related to the Grand Mufti, I believe, who was a guest of Hitler. And and he he learned, if you will, at the table of Hitler that you tell the big lie. The big lie, in case you're you don't from, you're from, not familiar with it, is that if you tell a lie loud enough and long enough, people will begin to believe it. And the and the media is captured by the people who love to tell the big lie. I know because I used to be in the media. Okay, so here here is. Uh a story that is just developing today, and it's a big story because it seems to be changing um, a lot of, of, of the of the of the uh, facts on the ground, and it's a it's a very big issue. And that is that a, a Gaza a hospital in Gaza was bombed, and there were very severe casualties. I don't know exactly how many, perhaps hundreds of Gazans, right? And immediately, the Arab world is in flames. Yes. And protests that, that 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 Israel is attacked this hospital, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it turns out that the IDF very very quickly was able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that that was a Hamas missile that hit the hospital. I'll tell you the details in a moment. And the, the and the and uh, I know I know that several people were very quick to condemn Israel, like Justin Trudeau. I know that President Biden, while he on this, this these first few hours of his visit is it's already been clarified, and he he already related to this in a press conference in Tel Aviv and said that it was he called it the other team. That's his Bad cute way of, of speaking, I guess. That's yeah. his cute way of speaking. But he said it wasn't ours. And then the UK foreign secretary immediately also acknowledged that this was not an Israeli missile at all. But what happened? What happened is that apparently, uh, besides the fact that they always fire from hospitals and underneath hospitals and yes. schools, apparently this time there is a cemetery right behind the hospital. They fired from the cemetery and it fell short. And it fell on the hospital and killed many, many people. Mm -hmm. And the IDF was able to prove that several ways. One way is because the IDF military intelligence was able to intercept a phone call within the Hamas uh, command operatives, giving the order for, for, that, for firing that missile at that exact time. Mm -hmm. And besides that, there is physical evidence on the ground, which they have already uh, released video that shows that it was not a, a missile that came from the IDF positions, which would have created a, cre a crater and different sort of evidence on the ground. Instead, there was signs of this of this uh, of a missile falling short, and you can tell what type of ordinance it is and sure. and, and, the, and the range. And the video is so conclusive, and the phone call is so conclusive that many leaders immediately understood that. But of course, if someone, for example, printed that Israel was responsible, where they walk that back, will you find any sort of apology? No. And now that the information is well known and documented and released, is it going to make any difference whatsoever to, to the haters? No, it and won't. To the, because they really don't need an excuse. No. But this is a, a, this is a really good case of a few things. It's a good example of the big lie, which Israel always suffers from. It's a good example of the fact that Hamas is perfectly happy to use their own people, which they always use their own people as human shields, which is all through the years why they've been firing from, from schoolyards and from schools and from hospitals. As soon as they understood what happened, they quickly, Hamas quickly leveraged it into political gain by, first of all, inflating the toll, so that now we don't even know the numbers because they, they officially inflated the toll very, very much, and by claiming that Israel was responsible but I wouldn't doubt it if the whole thing was on purpose. I wouldn't well. either. It's very, very possible. You know, they celebrate they celebrate the death of their of their young men, and they get paid for it. It's like that one of, one of the terrorists who was holding that that woman Khana hostage all day long, uh, with a bomb uh, strapped to her head as she as she uh, tried to buy for time and mm -hmm. and make them tea and cookies. He said to her, "You Jews love life. We love death." And we love death more than you love life. Mm -hmm. So what do you, how do you deal with a, with a cult like that? By the way, Hamas, we said it means robbery. There was a, another really interesting point. It's, it's, it's quite uh, periphery compared to these horrible things. But you know that a whole deal was worked out for humanitarian aid. That the United Nations Relief Organization that works with the refugees is supposed to be giving out. And then Hamas authorities in the Gaza Strip stole it. Yeah. They stole fuel and medical supplies that were meant for uh, these people that are fleeing. And they posted that 
They posted it on X. I saw it, yeah. And then they deleted the posts. Right. And they actually said, no, no, nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's unbelievable. I saw the original posts. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and in the original post, they said that they had video cameras that showed the Hamas operatives coming and strong, and strong arming yeah. and taking what was meant for the people. Which, by the way, again... Israel gave clear orders to evacuate, right, and to and open up humanitarian corridor, corridors, but Hamas is not allowing their people to leave because no. they want them to be a bargaining ship. And so they actually made huge roadblocks, and they're saying, no, 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 stay here, don't go, right? Anyway, after the United Nations Relief Organization uh, posted that about Hamas stealing it, they walked it back, is that the expression? They retracted it, and they said, no, no, no nothing, nothing to see here. Why do you think that is? Because it's the it's the the method of operation, the modus operandi of, of of Hamas. They they can, you know, they would never, um, you know, it's like Jack Nicholson said in A Few Good Men, you know, you can't handle the truth. They they don't have any. Uh, I think there's a simple reason, Jim. I don't yeah. want to interrupt you, but I think that Hamas simply threatened them. Oh, I, oh, I misunderstood the question. No, okay, I'm, saying, yeah. I'm saying, why did they yeah. walk it back? I'm saying, if there is anyone anyone yeah. to believe in the UN, which yeah. is another issue altogether, mm-hmm. if these people can be impartial, if they really want to help mm-hmm. the citizens at all, well, I think that Hamas probably just came and made it very, very clear no, I, what I, will you, happen to them if, what, they don't, what, if they don't take away yeah. that tweet. I misunderstood the question because I, did, I wasn't going to say, but my first thought when I read that, then I saw it deleted, I thought, well, whoever sent it is probably dead now. Right. Okay, that same thing. Because that's basically okay. how they handle people, in the, even in their own ranks. So here's the official statement about today. IDF spokesman Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari accuses the Hamas terror group of purposely misleading international media outlets by claiming a failed rocket launched by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, their friends, was an Israeli airstrike in the Gaza Strip that killed hundreds. Hagari, in a briefing to, in English to international media, reads out a translated transcript of an intercepted call between two Hamas officials in which they talk about the failed Islamic Jihad rocket that hit the Al-Ahli Baptist Hospital following a barrage launched from a cemetery in Gaza. And it goes on. It talks about how they inflated the numbers of the casualties. And... Um, and again, I can talk about this all day long and stand on my head, but it's not going to be taken back by so many people because this is exactly what they want to be able to say. Yeah. And then they talk about Israel's cruelty and they talk about collective punishment and the Pope talks about collective punishment and they talk about... And, this, and, 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 and Egypt says, you've gone too far, this is no longer self-defense. And this is... It's like, what if they raped and burned your wife? Like, mm-hmm. what... And, and again, I'm showing you that the citizens are complicit, right? and obviously not the entire million people who live in Gaza, but, but there is a very strong control there of the people that are being used for all of this. The, po- the point is, things cannot go on, whatever, whatever you say. There's not yeah. a question about proportion. There's not a question about Israel's not looking to kill the people in Gaza. Israel's looking for them to leave. Yeah, It's not Israel, called revenge. It's called... It's called self-defense. The, the whole revenge you know. thing is so absolutely ridiculous. Right. It, it, what should we just let them gear up for a, another massacre? Like right. what? What, do you, what exactly should we be doing now? Mm-hmm. What would you be doing? Yeah. It's just so absolutely ridiculous that, yeah. you, that, that they never changed their official uh, their organization charter. charter, which calls for the again. And that's the thing people have to understand. This is not about territory. It's not about uh, 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 you know who's on first. It's not about 
rulership. It's about mm-hmm. murder. It's only about killing mm-hmm. all the Jews. It doesn't matter. And, and their charter calls for killing the Jews all over the world. Yeah, and they've lied about taking it out of their charter. They, they've lied oh, about it. But you know, the surprise. thing, Rabbi, is that, you know, about this, this uh, you know, Israel is trying to make it as humanitarian as possible, you know, w- without losing the battle. And, you know, giving them time, you know, flooded leaflets on, on Gaza City, warning them. But, but Egypt doesn't even want these people. Neither does Jordan. Yeah. Jordan is absolutely fuming. Right. And, and refuses to, to have them. Be, and yeah. Jordan has a reason not to want the Palestinian people because Jordan is Palestine. Yeah. Because, because, because the king of Jordan is from a minority tribe. Mm-hmm. 78% of his population are actually... The Bedouin. Exactly. Yeah. And, he, he, and, he, that, and his father, back in 1973, slaughtered 3,000 Palestinians on a day called Black September. Marched him in, I think, to a stadium, I think. Right. And open fire on all of them. It was, it was, you know, crazy. Yeah. UN's Guterres says that the October 7th onslaught cannot justify collective punishment. This has nothing to do with collective punishment. This, this has to do with trying to save the future of the Jewish state because that is what it, is at stake here. So now they're also, uh, Hamas has also begun this new stage, which we knew would be coming, of psychological warfare. They already released a clip of this uh, young, young young girl, Israeli Israeli French national, mm-hmm. who is being held, twenty one year old, and um, it's just she's she was one of the people in the um, in the rave in the in the music festival, yeah. and I'm sure that they will be releasing more of these videos as well. You know what? Um, It's. I feel that it's impossible to live normally with the situation of the hostages. It's just impossible to imagine what they could possibly be going through. You know, there was an item in the paper where one, where one man, when he found out that his eight-year-old daughter was dead, she was amongst the hostages. He burst out crying and said, "What a blessing! Yes, what a blessing that she's dead and mm-hmm. she's not has, ha, having to suffer what they're going through." Yeah. Because he understood that it was literally, you know, a, a very hackneyed phrase, but we've heard it all our lives. You know, they would suffer. These a, are the names of, yeah. of, of all of the people who we, who we, know, who we so know so far are there right. for praying. Uh, again, it's, it depends how a person views reality and how a person views their membership in the human race. I don't see how it's possible to, to, to live every day normally knowing that all of this is going on. Um, and, and again, here's just another, um, uh, I think, very um, um, powerful uh, thing to know. Right? There's a, an Israeli Arab. You know, Israeli Arabs are the Arabs that are referred to in, the, in not in Judea and Samaria, but those that are part of the pre-67 Israel are called yeah. Israeli Arabs, right? So there's a, a town called Taiba, which is, is in central Israel, and it's an Israeli Arab town. And there, there's a man who owns a bicycle shop. His name is Allah Amara. And he donated 50 bicycles to Jewish children who had been uh, evacuated from their homes and from Sterot and other cities mm-hmm. because of the Hamas uh, onslaught. This nice Arab man who felt very, very bad about it, right? He owns a bike shop and he donated 50 bikes and 
That night, his shop was torched by arsonists, by Arabs who mm-hmm. who uh, are, were angry that he that he sided, as it were, that he gave something they, to they the Jews. They were just being nice to Jews. Right, right. That's, that's, yeah. Right. Uh, so as far as, as far as this whole thing that we started talking about, the slow uh, and painful identification process of the... Um, that it's not even finished. Again, the bodies, um, for the first time since 1954, the Israel's National Center of Forensic Medicine in Jaffa allowed reporters to come and see mm-hmm. the dead bodies and photograph them. Some of, some of the remains are simply charred bones, and the experts are saying that they ne- may never be able to identify who these people were. That's the the extent of the incredible destruction of these people. I can't even read this article out loud. The journalists could, could not handle the horrific scenes that they saw in the autopsy rooms. Um, and this is what's going on. Again, this is this is not like some sort of just like, you know, it's impossible really to explain any of this. Um, you know, it's, it's impossible it's, to explain. It's uh, I, I know we that we will come across. Uh, these these lines of narrative that, that are in, in uh, Parsha Noach that, that parallel many aspects of what's going on right now. But the the thing that is, uh, the, the thought that just popped into my head when I heard you read that is that, you know, the, the real enemies, not only of the Jewish people, but the enemies of God that we find in the Torah, um, you know, Hashem told Israel to blot out their name. And the reason that he, he did that... Amalek. He, okay, Amalek. Um, I didn't want to keep harping on it because... but that it's, it's, You it's, know what, Jim? It does, it's not specific. It doesn't have to... We no, see that it's a spirit. It, it's, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. It's, a spirit. it's not a no, race. It's not a group. You, it, you, you, you see cannot, exactly yeah, what it is. You cannot identify like a people called Amalek today because the Nazis were Amalek. It's any the, the the acid test is is anybody that wants to blot out first of all the the Jewish people from the world completely to get rid of them because that will be because the the, the, the Jews their job number one is to be witnesses that there is a creator exactly and so when you wipe, if you wipe out the people of Israel Am Israel the Jewish people then you're on the road and and this, and Amalek hated the 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 uh, the children of Israel they were the first battle that Israel had when they left Egypt was with the army of Amalek and you can see their uh, their terroristic um, psychological warfare in uh, a source called Ma'am Loez I've mentioned this before Ma'am Loez says that when Amalek heard what had happened to uh, Egypt that Egypt fell because of all these ten plagues that they rode in, their armies rode into Egypt, Amalek's armies, and they opened up the public records of the Egyptians who had census lists of the slaves. And they took those census lists and they rode out into the wilderness, their armies, you know, with those census lists. And at night, they would call to the members of the camp by name. Right. They would they would read off the whole names. Right. And, and because, why? Because... God's directive to all of us to 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 listen to and to to carry out His commandments 
The reason he warns us to do things is because if, if we don't, there is an opposite thing to expect. The idea being that God is basically telling Israel, even in the, the times of the Torah, that if you don't blot out the, the name of Amalek, he will blot out your right. name. And to hear that, this right. is what they're doing. There are people that, whose names in this, this campaign have, have been blotted out, their identifications. People should really take some time and go to uh, a site like the Times of Israel because I saw I saw it there. Even though I really don't like that site, but they have uh, little vignettes about uh, all the people that are missing, who they are. There are there's an 85 year old woman. There are brothers and sisters. There are little children. There are babies. It's it's horrific, mm-hmm. horrific. But Jim, every battle, Amalek is a template, right? Because yeah. it says it says that there's a hand on the throne of God mm-hmm. in Exodus, right? Because 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 Amalek is trying to blot out the presence of Hashem in the world, and that's why Hashem, it's Hashem's swear, not Israel's swear. Hashem swore mm-hmm. that the that the memory of that He will obliterate the memory of of, of right. Amalek. So but every battle against Israel is a battle against the God of Israel, yeah. and I don't think that that is a, a, a presumptuous or haughty thing to say. I'm going to prove it in a moment. Every battle against the God of Israel. Is a battle uh, uh, against Israel is a battle against the God of Israel because the people of Israel in this world, like you say, they are like Isaiah says, Isaiah says, our, Hashem calls us to be witnesses, and the people of Israel in this world are responsible for the whole world for bringing about the redemption, for teaching the whole world that there's one God, and the forces of evil do not like that, do not want that. So you know that when when uh, John Demianuk was tried. Mm-hmm. Here in Israel, back in the in the um, middle eighties, yeah, there was a lot of testimony uh, from Holocaust survivors, uh, and a lot of things came to light that had had never been heard before. And there, and there was one amazing, amazing testimony that I had never heard before, which is just absolutely uh, astounding. Is that this survivor of Treblinka said? That, uh, that on the uh, entrance to the gas chamber in Treblinka, there was a curtain. And he, as he was telling the story, he used the word parochet. Wow. And parochet isn't, isn't like a shower curtain, which is a vilon. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's a word that usually is referring to like the uh, woven uh, tapestry that covers the Holy Ark. The Ark of Covenant, the, yeah. Well, the, the, well, the Ark that the, the Torah scroll is in, in a synagogue, right? right? That's, and, and also, yes, in the Mishkan. So the, so the judge said, you, parochet, you, you must mean, and he used the curtain, uh, he used the word that was in modern Hebrew for just like a curtain, like a shower curtain. He said, no, 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 it was a parochet, and they were, they were woven on it the words from Psalms, from King David, this is the gate to righteousness, the righteous enter here. This was, this was in the camp? Yes. The, the, oh, my goodness. It was on the entrance to the, ga- to the gas chamber. This is the entrance to Hashem. The righteous enter. What's the point? The point is that they, they were so evil, and, they were, and it was so against God, they wanted that to be the last thing that the Jews see, that total indignation. It's mockery. Right? Exactly, mockery. That's the word. That's the word. Yeah. So I'm saying every, every battle against, against uh, Israel is, is a direct battle against um, uh, God, that's where the, temp- the template of the Nazis came from, Amalek. And that's what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on here. 
So uh, what's so important is the spiritual perspective about this as well. Before, before people are drawn down into an abyss of despair and depression, because, Jim, this is such a hard time to be alive, but it's also our time. I've said this before. It's always difficult to be uh, present in, in, a, in a moment of transition. Yeah. And what we clearly feel is that we are, we are transitioning from one era to the next, and and so the first thing that I want to see really uh, say really and of course and and this is obviously true that we are no nothing will ever be the same, and this is a new era, and um, I think that um, as difficult as it is, we we have to understand that every single thing that happens in this world has to has to serve Hashem's purpose in creation. What was Hashem's purpose in creation in the first place? Did we just have Parshat Bereshit? Why did Hashem create the world? Sages teach us because He wanted to have an abode in this world. He wanted to be welcomed into this world. That's the secret of the tabernacle. He created man to know who he is. He created man, we just had Rosh Hashanah, He created man to coronate him as king. He created man to be the, to be a, 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 a creature, a, cre- a creature who's able, who's able to choose, who's able to choose between right and wrong for his reward ultimately. He created the world for the benefit of man, and and so so ultimately, the bottom line purpose of creation is the redemption, is the time when Zechariah says Hashem and His name will be one. The the purpose of creation is the ultimate revelation of godliness, and the understanding that only Hashem is King, and and in other words, the time of the messianic redemption that we yeah. that we learn about in all the prophets, and so therefore everything that happens in this world is part of Hashem's plan and has to lead up to that as well. And when we see this tremendous upheaval on this realm of reality, we know that there's also tremendous spiritual upheaval. This is everything that we that we see in this world has two levels. There's the level that we see, we could call it a reality or the geopolitical reality. And then there's the level of the spiritual world of Hashem's world, mm-hmm. right? It's like there's two Gazas. There's the Gaza that you see, and yeah. there's the underground Gaza of the command posts of the bunkers that were built with American aid and yeah, European aid. Exactly. So there's two levels. So uh, so we see this tremendous, tremendous pain and upheaval, and, it, and we don't understand it. And it would be extremely presumptuous to say, well, this is exactly what it means. It's this verse, it's that verse. There's a lot of that going around. Uh, rabbis do that. Uh, pundits, pundits explain things. Co- political commentators put their spin on it, and, and people are starting to count down. And, and I think that that's not something that I'm comfortable with, uh, although the fact is it's impossible to deny. And one doesn't even need proofs, and there are so many verses that point to all of these things. One doesn't even need it, because all you need to do is open up your eyes and see what's going on. Why did this happen so quickly? You know, Hoshana Rabbah, the last day of Sukkot, is the last day of judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's the last day of the judgment for the nations as well. And then Shemini Yatzeret is this special day of celebration with Hashem. And it happened immediately. And, and I know from the great Kabbalists that usually when, when it comes to um, executing din, judgment, which is what's going on now, this is the attribute of judgment, Hashem you know, usually pushes off a bit, he postpones it, and this happens so quickly, right? Yeah. That is basically an indication that Hashem is moving quickly, that, it, that things are happening very, very quickly. And I, so, I, so I think that the upheaval is rooted in the spiritual upheaval of the fact that, that Hashem really is bringing in this, this new era this, uh, you know, frankly, I think this is the last war. Mm-hmm. 
don't ask me, you know, for a guarantee, or don't ask me uh, to prove it. I'm not saying that the Mashiach is coming tomorrow, but there's no question about it that this process has begun. Um, and I'm thinking about this midrash, which is quite famous, that in the in the in the last years of cre- of creation, uh, the expression is shavua, which literally means a week, but the sages mean said the last seven years. Persia will go to war with Arav. Mm-hmm. Arav is Arabia. Yeah. Which is and, and by Arabia. the way, you're not quoting Ezekiel 38. You're, this is a commentary right. that uh, on parallels... Gog and Magog, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. But the commentary is very succinct, and that's why I'm going there. But of course, the verses in, in Ezekiel and the yeah. verses that we that we read in the Haftarah but on it's a, it's Sukkot a, in Zechariah 14 talk yeah. about the fact that all the nations that are left after this great battle against Jerusalem will have to will come and celebrate Sukkot. Yeah, every year. And if they don't, their rain is withheld. So, you know. so uh, what was I saying? Well, you said... It, oh, so Arav. the Midrash t- talks about that the last, the last yeah. war will be between Persia, which is Iran, mm-hmm. and Arav. And Persia, Jim, you know, Iran, whether people are ready to admit it or not, I know, I know Biden wants to give them back the $6 billion, and Obama gave them tens of billions of dollars, but they are a tremendous threat to the world. Yeah. And by the way, Israel is doing the world's dirty work once again now by fighting them, because Hamas is Iran. Who do you think yeah. armed them? And Hezbollah in the north that's attacking us is Iran. So by proxy, we are already facing Iran right now. So the Midrash says that, that Persia wages war with Arab, and you know that Iran is the great enemy of Saudi Arabia. Of and course. That, and, and, Saudi, and, and Iran is the only thing standing in the way of this normalization that everybody's talking about between Israel and Saudi Arabia, which is another story altogether. And then Arab, according to the Midrash, goes and takes counsel with Edom. Ah, which is the Western world. And yeah. there's a tremendous upheaval, <clears throat> and there's a tremendous amount of fear Fear because of the tremendous atrocity, which we've already seen. And then a bat kol, a heavenly voice declares, declares to Israel, do not fear, the time of your redemption is here. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's, it's clear that this is a, a huge um, a spiritual um, um, vortex that, that's going on right now, and and I want to relate to that because, as I mentioned, you know, I, I, during the time of the Holocaust, Jim, you know, people came out either greatly strengthened in their faith, or, or totally, or totally turning their back right. on Hashem, saying that there is no God, etc., etc. And it's a very hard thing to live through, and what we're living through right now is a very hard thing to live through, Jim. The, the slaughter of 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 beautiful people, young people, babies, old people with such horrific brutality how, how do we explain such a thing i can't explain it and again I, it, we can only try to approach these things with humility and with simplicity and ask hashem to to give us some succor something to hold on to right and that's what this is what i want to say now mm-hmm. and that is as follows it's like and i've had this conversation with people i say you know there's only one thing that i can tell you for sure and that's that there's a God in the world. Yeah. I don't know anything else, but that's all I know. And then furthermore, that's all there is. And any, anyone who truly understands what I'm saying, who has, had, who has experienced Hashem, who learns Torah, who understands what holiness is, who understands what values are, knows that there's a God in the world. 
And so because I know that, the, that there's a God in the world, I also know that every single word of the Torah is true. Right. And therefore I say, you know what? God made these promises to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, and nothing changes that. And so, the, and so the way that I look at it is, well, Avraham, as you know, was thrown into a fiery furnace. Yeah. The furnace of Nimrod, right? Nimrod, yeah, because he wouldn't, because he destroyed his father's right. idols. Right. Because he stood up for this nonsense that there's only one God. So right. he was thrown into the fiery furnace. It's alluded to at the end of of Parshat Noach this mm-hmm. week about that he, he came out of Ur Kasdim, which literally mm-hmm. means the fire of Kasdim. Mm-hmm. And and uh, then he proceeded to become the first uh, convert to to Jew to Judaism, and he taught the whole world that there's only one God. But people say, okay, that's very nice that he was thrown into the fiery furnace. But six million Jews were thrown into the fiery furnace, and they didn't come out. Right. So, but but what I say is that the nation did come out, and so he did bequeath to the nation a certain fireproof retardant mm-hmm. asbestos in their DNA. And and so the bottom line is yeah, yeah, people die, Jim. People die. Hashem makes a decree. You know that you know the Midrash that when there's a decree, the angel of death has permission. Right. And, and does he, not and he takes and does not, it does not discriminate. Discriminate. And, yeah. he, and he takes the, the good with the bad. And mm-hmm. and furthermore, the, the, the good are the ones that Hashem wants. Mm-hmm. And they're so high, these people that are literally dying for the sake of sanctifying Hashem's name because they're Jews. They're not dying for any other reason other than the fact that they're Jew, that they're Jews, and that's a very high level mm-hmm. of righteousness, no matter how they live their lives. But, but what I'm trying to say is we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. And so there's, there's this tragedy, and there's this pain. But it's not about me or you or these people. It's about... Hashem's plan for the whole world, for the redemption, for the revelation of his oneness. And ultimately, this is clearly, and whoever denies it is in la-la land, but this is a battle between absolute good and absolute evil, mm-hmm. between light and darkness. Right. And um, it is, it is uh, certainly of biblical proportion and certainly fits all of the criteria for everything the prophets tell us about. And so... Uh, yeah, it's it's about being part of something way beyond us. Right. And Hashem chose us to be alive in this time, and we're doing our very very best. Yeah. But it, but but we need to focus on the fact that all we have is Hashem. We don't have government. We don't have leadership. We don't have America. We don't have the IDF. We have Hashem. He is the one who does great wonders by Himself, and everything that happens is through Him. And so, um, well, the 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 parallel that I see, you know, people might wonder, like, you know, what has this got to do with Parsha Noach? And and I see a distinct line drawn from the narrative in Parsha Noach of, of a world who we see right there, where in the world was enveloped in Hamas, the whole world was, and God had to cleanse the world or else. It would all go back to ruin. And he had eight righteous people or people that he chose to, to, to come out of this and repopulate the earth. But, but we, uh, I, I see it being, I see the parallel being in that we're, you know, uh, God is going to keep his promise because we're seeing, we're seeing a return, sadly, to that, that, that sort of pre, that antediluvian world right. where people, uh, 
you know, the, the sages tell us that, that uh, the people of that generation, of the flood generation, they split the attributes of, of God. Not that God can be split, but he... Their perception. The perception of God was uh, was a real way, a genuine way in that Hashem has a merciful aspect. I mean, the same, the same way that we're creating his image, so we can be merciful. We, we can also judge things and, and say, this is right, this is wrong. We can also show mercy. We, we have that capacity because we're in, his, we're in his image. So, but Hashem, who has these aspects... People said, well, I don't believe in a God that would judge to that extent. And and they reject. They because re- they don't want to. Because they want to fashion God right. after their own image. Exactly. A God of love. What I How I define love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it's their own, It's their like you said, it's their own measure. They're, they're reconforming God. I got, a, I got a YouTube comment from a hater yeah. who happened to be an Arab. Who wrote, oh, I guess Hashem doesn't love you. Yeah. Right? A little mockery going on there. But besides you know? the mockery, which, yeah. which I, I understand, mm-hmm. it's so immature. Yeah. And it's so ignorant because, uh, yeah, I know Hashem loves me despite everything. Yeah. That's and, and the thing is, we, we also see from this, this Parsha that God allows what seems like insanity because of free will, because... Because we don't understand the intricacies of his plan, but even even we're gonna we're gonna be reading about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was, by the way, it wasn't the sexual sins, although they were rampant. It was because the complete lack of loving kindness on right. on the people of That's Sodom and Gomorrah. That's, That's what tipped, tipped the scales. That's what tipped the scales. Exactly. So this is we see it. We see if we look at the broader picture, we're seeing a continuation of that of that concept because the scales got tipped pretty badly. Right. Worse than we've seen since the Holocaust. But, but if, if only people would understand that, that you, know, you know, this isn't just like you and I moaning about what we've seen or what we're involved with or what we see. This is the, the moment of truth for the whole world. Yeah. This is the, and and that and what we see around the world now the hatred, the intolerance of Israel, the the, the expressed desire that that it, that Israel should be wiped out, that that the praise of the massacre by people in high places, by intellectuals, yeah. by by influencers, you know, you know, and, and and people afraid to take a stand, and 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 uh, entertainers, you know, who are who are uh, boycotted and who are dissed if they dare to say something positive about Israel because it's so incorrect. So in that time of the of the messianic uh, revelation and 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 the whole concept of Hashem's name becoming one, uh, the the time of that scenario we read in Isaiah. Um, chapter 60 and verse 18. No longer will violence, the word Hamas, be heard in your land, nor plunder and calamity in your borders. And, I, and I'm thinking about the, the, um, the verse that tells us, and I can't remember exactly where it is now, Jim, the verse that tells us that uh, in Isaiah that Hashem will make a feast mm for all of the nations and he will remove their masks yeah the masks from all the nations i think it's isaiah 
And I think that what we're seeing now is the beginning of a process of Hashem removing people's masks. And, and, and you hear this from everybody that understands what's going on, yeah. this expression that the masks are falling. And what I mean by that is that people are seeing, uh, is that people are, sh- are revealing who they really are. Right. This is like a litmus test. The masks are falling. And, and what I mean by it on a, pr- a simple practical level is, you know, it used to be that you could say that you, well, you don't hate Jews, you just hate Zionists. You know, I'm just against the Giants. But no, now it's about destroying all the Jews and, and lauding those that are killing the Jews. So, yeah. so, so why is that? Why is that? Why is it? that every battle against Israel is a battle against the God of Israel. So part of the answer actually comes up uh, this week in the end of the Torah portion of Noah. It's, it's one of the most remarkable things because after all, what happens in, in, in the continuation of the Torah portion of Noah, it doesn't get that much better. No. After Hashem reset the world and destroyed it and started it all over again, you still have the generation of the dispersion, the builders of the Tower of Babel who were deliberately mocking God, who didn't deny that he exists, but they wanted to take the crown for themselves. And, and they said, you know, that's what they meant, let us make a name for themselves. And that dark tower that they were building was like a, was like a twinner, the mm-hmm. negative image of the holy temple, and they wanted to control everything. So it's like, uh, how, how much does God have to take? Like, what is this exactly? Like, I started all over again, and you're still forgetting about me. It's so convenient. So you have such a short... Uh, attention span. It was 300-odd years after the flood. But that's nothing. Well, no, not in the span of humanity. Of course it's not. not. Yeah. So, so then suddenly, as you know, at the end of Parshat Noach, all of a sudden, Avram appears with his lineage, and he comes from Orkastim. And then in Lech Lecha, we have the first, next week, right away, in the first verse of chapter 12 of Genesis, the first time that Hashem is speaking to Avram, and he's saying, get out, go for yourself to your land, to the land that I will give you, and there I will make you a blessing for the whole world, and I will bless those who bless you. Yes, and curse those who curse you. Coming up now, and so Avraham suddenly appears here in these last verses of, of the Torah portion of Noah, and, and it's always amazed me that it's, it's virtually like he's like a comet, it comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and and nothing, there's no backstory. Of, we know the backstory, there's extensive backstory in the midrash, but he's not introduced here at all. Mm-hmm. And 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 the very simple way of understanding what's going on here is precisely because of what's been going on with this backsliding and this constant, you know, um, uh, moving away from Hashem even after the retribution. And so then they built the tower. It's like this is hopeless. Like. And so God was basically saying, how long will this go on? I need someone to be a guarantor. Is there anyone here? Remember the t- to tell the truth? Will the, real, sure. will the real person that I'm looking for stand up? Is there anybody that will stop this nonsense, that will stand up and be willing to represent me, to declare my name to the whole world, to teach the world to sing, mm-hmm. that there's only one God? And that was Avram. That yeah. was Avram. And it's it's remarkable. That That's why he, he comes in exactly here, right? The the because, placement because he's the guarantee. Yeah. His he, his his arrival at the end of this narrative, just like you said, like a, suddenly he appears almost falling out of the sky, comes right at the time where humanity has almost destroyed it by self, th- themselves by saying, "Let us let us make a name for ourselves." Right. right. So here comes this. Gentleman. What does Hashem say to him? I'll make you a great name. Yes. Yes. Right. But. He, and he chose a man 
who was the uh, the epitome of kindness, of, of also of righteousness. He went in and saved his nephew from, from being kidnapped. He right. took up arms, and yet he was the soul of hospitality. He was this balance of all the things that we should all be like, and yet he shows up and basically says, I'm going to declare the name of God to the world. And he agreed, you know, and to a people who have just fallen because because really they they said let us come together and that was the lie they right. weren't really to, they were only joined in one thing and that was that was to make their name in the world it was the UN yeah that was they were definitely the UN but they were even and, and, and f- yeah. in fact there's a one of the flags of the European Union is actually the tower of babel yeah but but uh, the reason I bring this up now about Abraham entering at this point is because this is part of the understanding of, of why this is happening, Jim. Why are the Jews so persecuted? What do we do, honestly? What do we do? Well, you reminded people there's a God exactly. in the world. That, that, is, uh, uh, that is the purpose of the Jewish people in this world is to be a witness to the fact that there is a God in the world and to remind the world and to teach the world and and the world does not want that. That's well, some people do, and some people don't. And that's exactly. And then it comes to a head mm-hmm. in the time right preceding preceding the the, the messianic redemption. And, and, and so, every, yeah, everything we're seeing, we're, we're seeing. Uh, what's the guy's name? He's like a, out of a Bond movie, Klaus. Oh, that with guy the European, from, the, from this, the World Monetary Fund. This guy, I mean, he really is to me is is he characterizes. The idea that that we we know what's good for you, not not the Jews, not anybody, not this outdated religion. Those are outdated modes. We we know what's best for you, and we're going to make the world in our image. It's like the Tower all over again. We just said that. And what's also remarkable about that is is that these these people at the Tower basically were building an edifice that honored their achievements and and their their idea of, of, of God, and yet it was Avraham who would be the father of the nation that raised up a building that brought all people together mm-hmm. under the one true God. And we'll do it again, I believe, firmly, in, in that may come speedily in our time. Amen. You know. So, Jim, God willing, you'll have a safe trip home. Amen. And next week we shall cobble together some sort of presentation um, reminding our viewers and friends that I'm shorthanded because my my hands are short I'm shorthanded because my videographer is on the front line right now and so I'm very very limited in what I'm able to produce as far as the Torah portions and as far as our podcast and uh, God willing he will return safe and sound as soon as possible Uh, Jim I thank you so much for everything for being here with us I want to urge our audience to continue praying for Israel and for the side of rights and to continue taking a stand. And may we see better days. May we be blessed to see the revelation of Hashem's kingdom in this world. And may we honestly, truly, uh, with integrity and courage and bravery, stand up for the, for the honor of Hashem in this world. Amen. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.